Whoa, welcome, welcome, welcome to the, the the bros hangout, the two bros hangout. I don't know what episode we're on, but just welcome. Dallas, San Antonio. This is number eight episode. B Ocho. Damn. Already? Yeah. Hopefully we're gonna be as good as Ocho Cinco when he was good. But Dallas, San Antonio, Houston, Austin, the whole fucking Texas Metroplex. We would include uh, Louisiana because they're close by. I guess Oklahoma too. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. welcome, guys. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, today we got we we got a loaded we got a loaded week. You know what I'm saying? The Cowboys, you know, busted an egg. They teased us for a quarter and then they then they flopped. The Houston Texans botched a botched a, a what did they botch? A fucking snap and bam, you know, they lost the game. They could have won that game. We have some college football to talk about. You know, I still want to, you know, dive on some betting, like always, you know, give you guys the a way to make money with Steven. And uh you know, just let's let's just get started. You know, we're just hanging out right now. So I got my beer, I got some blue moon. Happy Mardi Gras. Mardi Gras starts today. As, <laughs> as, as, as to New Orleans. Not, not Mardi Gras, it's Hanukkah. <laughs> huh? It's Hanukkah that starts today, not Mardi Gras. Oh. Like two months. Oops. But, but you're feeling That's very exciting. You see, I was drinking. You're feeling you the Hanukkah spirit. Is, guys. You're feeling the Hanukkah That's spirit. That. Similar to uh, here. Happy Hanukkah, I guess. Okay. Right. I fucked that one up. <laughs> bad. Damn. Yeah, I was talking about Mardi Gras in December. Mike, what are you thinking? <laughs> wow. That shows you how much we miss New Orleans, how much we miss going out. Right. Uh, quarantine episode number eight. Two bros hang out. Man, let's take off. Steven, you go ahead. What do you want to talk about, son? All right. What's been going on? I want to talk about some betting here in a minute. I made some big futures that I think everyone else should keep behind if they want to make money in January. But first, one real quick note. We're not going to talk a lot about the Cowboys because I know no one wants to hear it. And apparently, nobody wants to see them anymore because for the first time in the 15-year history of Sunday night football flexing, the Cowboys got flexed out of prime time. Huge Two big franchises, Cowboys and Niners. This is one that NBC probably bid all out for. This is probably one of the ones they wanted the most. We're getting flexed out. We're going to play in the noon games with the poor teams. And America is going to be, quote unquote, graced with Baker Mayfield versus the Giants. Awesome. I I hope everyone's happy about this. I'm sure a lot of people are gloating. But let me tell you, Michael, it's not the Cowboys' fault. Because the other night, we got 13.54 rating. We killed it in the ratings again. We had a Sunday night football game a couple months ago with Ben freaking Danucci starting, where we scored nine total points. And we still had one of the highest ratings of the season that year. It's not the Cowboys' fault that we aren't playing on prime time. It's the Niners' fault, and specifically the county of Santa Clara, banning pro sports, and NBC knows that nobody wants to watch some team 
having to play in an empty stadium out two states away from where they're playing. And that's why I got flexed out, not the Cowboys. So Santa Clara, politicians, California, good job. We see your virtues. You have signaled them very hard. We see them. We see them. Unfortunately, nobody's going to see our teams anymore. So I guess America's happy, but whatever. Speaking of Arizona, speaking of Arizona, we're going to get into my bet. This big one that I made because there was a team that played there on Monday night, not playing the Cardinals, playing the Niners because the Niners play in Arizona now. But the Bills, they kicked ass, and I just bet on them today. They have really good odds. 8-1 to one to win the AFC, 17-1 to one to win the Super Bowl. And those are amazing odds. I'm on the Chiefs from the beginning of the season. We talked about this during preseason. I think the Chiefs are destined to be like a dynasty, and I'm still on them. But there is a template for beating them, and Oakland has showed it. Because Oakland did this earlier in the year, and they almost did it a few weeks ago. And that's just running the ball. The Bills could do what Oakland did. But instead of having a league-worst defense, the Bills have an awesome defense. I don't think they're going to be beatable at home, especially when it's super windy and blizzardy and all that. I don't think they're going to be beatable at home. They might have a road game against the Chiefs, and hopefully that's the championship game. Could be a toss-up there, but with the odds that the Bills have, 20-1, to 20-1 to to win the Super Bowl with that team, they're looking stacked. They're looking good. And I'm on him. What do you think, Mikey? Well, it's Michael, not Mikey, son, but. <laughs> what, do Mike? what do you think, Mike? Okay, so I don't know. I think there's a, I think there's a solid bet. Uh, well, you know, they call the quarterback, the Bills quarterback, Baby Cam. You know what I'm saying? He's Baby Cam Newton. Go on. Kind of, but he could throw better than Cam. I think he has a better arm than Cam and better accuracy to a certain extent. But he has way better weapons than Cam ever had. Diggs, Beasley. That too. Guys are awesome. That too. And, he's, and he, has a, he has a great defense to back it up. And the thing about it is that he he's pretty streaky, you know. He he reminds me of he reminds me of a quarterback that could go on a Joe Flacco kind of run. Right. And especially those. And, and so your bets look pretty solid. They have a stacked team. They they fly under the radar, but they play really hard. They play really tough. And come playoff time when it gets cold, they have the recipe because you have a running quarterback, you know. But he 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 has to also do a better job of protecting the ball because if he loses it, they could lose the game. You know what I'm saying? Right. So he needs to do a better job in that aspect. But if he could protect the ball, I think they have all the recipe they need to be a championship team. Uh, so I think that's a, I think that's a, I think that's a pretty solid bet, you know. So yeah. you want to make some money, twenty to one. That's, that's like, pretty good. I like it. Be, those home games, it's going to be cold, and that's important. But most importantly, up in Buffalo uh, in the late winter, it gets windy. And winds is what affects games way more than any other type of weather variable. And so, yeah, so it, most importantly, it's windy. It's, it's 20 miles per hour winds, 20 plus miles per hour winds up there in, in January. And without these fans, we've seen these games get even windier because there's a little bit less of a winds block and that affects passing. 
And so the thing that is most important to play in that kind of weather for a quarterback is one, mobility, and two, arm strength. And those are the two biggest strengths of Josh Allen. He fits that perfectly. So if they have home games, it's going to be really hard for other teams to throw the ball and move the ball, especially against that Bills defense. But the Bills Bills have a shot. They have the tools to play through that weather. So they've got to win all their home games, and hopefully their, their first road game will be the AFC Championship game against the Chiefs. Uh, ideally, it plays out that way. And then we've got futures on both teams. Yeah. Hey, dude, you know what's funny that happened this weekend? We're going to jump around real quick, you know, we don't, being that we're just two bros hanging out, we don't, there's no need for us to go in any chronological order. We just kind of spitball out here. So I noticed that, you know, James Harden was out there, a little baby's birthday party, you know, he gave a little baby a hundred grand. I thought it was 300. He gave him a hundred grand, son, and some honey buns and, you know, I don't know what else, Richard Mill watch, I guess. You know, but, you know, he was out there. I'm, I'm thinking, does he not like John Wall? What's going on there? You know what I'm saying? They pretty much, like, he's like, okay, I want to play in a championship team. I want to go to the Nets. I want to go to the Sixers. But, dude, nobody, no team you're going to go to, you're not a – you know what? I kind of – you know what this is to me? I think James Harden is actually realizing something. I just had an epiphany. Uh-huh. James Harden is realizing that he's not a number one player. I, I feel that. James Harden I feel that. is pretty much telling us right now, guys, that, hey, guess what? Everybody's right. I cannot take a team to a championship and win it. I'm not that player. I, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to do what LeBron does. Like, LeBron got KD. Like, I need somebody. And LeBron got uh, – well, I'm sorry, I said KD. I'm sorry. You just Anthony want Daniel, you know what I'm saying? And, I, you know, LeBron had Kyrie when Kyrie was, you know, decent. Kyrie's, like, washed up right now, actually. So I think if I were the Nets, I would actually trade Kyrie over to <laughs> over to Houston and take James Harden and pair, him with, and pair him with Kevin Durant because I feel like Kyrie's, like, Kyrie's on, like, a spiritual journey. He forgot how to play basketball. But still... <laughs> But still, James Harden is telling us that he's not a number one player, and he's trying to tell Houston that too. He's like, Houston, save your money, guys. I'm not a number one player. And he's disguising it in his desire to go win a championship. I think James Harden's a cool-ass dude, though, FYI. But I do too. I'm, I'm just, just calling it as it is. Yeah, I said this a few weeks ago. I, I want James Harden to be traded to the Nets because I like KD. I'm not a big Kyrie fan, but I like KD. He's our Texas boy. I like KD. KD's, KD's a cold-hearted, cold-hearted killer. I just don't. I think Kyrie's lost, son. I, yeah. Kyrie, Kyrie, Kyrie won a championship because of LeBron, but he forgot that. He seems to think he won that championship by himself. Well, because well he didn't win it by himself, but he did make the biggest shot. So that, And everybody, everybody acts he like... He would not have won it without LeBron. That's true. He, he probably wouldn't even won a playoff series. Well, he, I mean, that, that's a trash call. He, he wasn't there before LeBron. So if he was that good... But you know what's funny? I felt like LeBron would have been in the same position without Kyrie. Right. In the East. Right. I mean, LeBron, you know, I like, LeBron fans, they, they love to hate Kyrie. They love to hate Kyrie, but they owe him. They owe him. Just like they love to hate Kawhi, but 
but they owe him because if Kawhi went to that Lakers team and LeBron fans, their, their number one goal of the world is for him to get all the respect in the world. If Kawhi had joined that team, nobody knew would be respecting LeBron. I, you convinced me a month ago to respect LeBron for the first time ever, to stop hating him. I don't necessarily like him, but I stopped hating LeBron because of everything that you said about him. He makes all, he makes too many of my friends happy to continue to be a hater. But with that being said, uh, I would say the LeBron fans, they, they don't, they don't need to hate all of these people that have helped LeBron out with Kyrie, with the big shots and, and why, uh, Kawhi, Kawhi with making the path a little bit, a tiny bit more challenging for him. I do want. I do have a point about Harden, though. Um, I was on it because I, I am really excited. I, I do hope he gets traded to the Nets, and I do want to cheer, be able to cheer for him for the first time. And you say that he has an epiphany, and and I agree. I think he has shown in the past an ability to be self aware and to change things. And the biggest example of this is when he dated that Kardashian woman. Kardashian. I forget which one it was. It was Chloe or Chris or someone. But he dated her and he dumped her really quickly. He realized this is actually really bad for my career, even though it's going to make me more money. And that's, that's smart. That's mature, you know? So kind of in that same flavor, he's starting to realize now, you know, I gave it a run with Houston and with this Mori ball stuff, but I, I mean, I'm not cut out to, I'm, I'm not cut out to be a, a true MVP, a true carry a team guy. So it's not, and everybody laughs because like, you see what Luca did. You, you, ha- you. I have more faith in Luca taking the, cow- the the Cowboys, taking the Mavs to the finals, than I do if Kevin Durant, as a Kev- if uh, Harden was there. Right. Oh yeah. You swap Harden. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Right? Luca, right? they've gone head to head, and Luca has scored. What was that? His rookie year against the Rockets, when Luca scored like. 11 straight points in the final two minutes to beat the Rockets. Did you see that? He was, so like, to me, he was fucking 19. All right. I'm yeah. like, okay, right. wait. He's doing this already to y'all. Like, he could take a t- every Everybody sees that. He's the kind of player that could take a team on his back. He's that. Harden is not that kind of player. Harden could put up points. You know what team Harden will also do well in? If wait. they could trade for him? Yep. Golden State. Golden State. You think he would? I mean, in a New Jersey or Brooklyn now, he there's only two players, or really one real player, KD, that he has to truly share the ball with. Uh, if he goes to Golden State, he would have to learn the volume of his shots. I feel like would be reduced a lot more, and and I think he can't that do that. Would, that He's smarter that. than people give credit for, it, but that would be a lot bigger of a, a transition. In I don't think uh, so. I don't think so because I feel like Golden State. Even if Clay Thompson comes back healthy, he could, he doesn't have to play the two. You could slide him into small forward. He's big enough for that because you already play small ball. How how tall is James Harden? Like six three, six four. Yeah. How tall is how tall is you already play small? How tall is how tall, how tall you already play, playing? Uh, what's his name? Uh, Draymond at six seven. Right. You know. You're gonna have a you're gonna have a you're gonna have a, a team with enough land, enough defense. And James Harden has actually learned how to play defense now. So he could be he could be the primary ball handler or he, he could have uh what's it called? Curry handle the ball a little bit more, facilitate a little bit more, but I don't know. But I feel like he, I feel like Golden State would be an interesting uh interesting trade. 
I don't see the Sixers because Joel Embiid needs the ball, so I don't think him and Joel are really going to do well together. So if he couldn't do well with Clint Capella, then – well, he did well with Clint Capella. I'm not going to lie, but I don't know why they traded him. That was a stupid trade. But I don't know how he's going to do well in the Sixers system. You know? Yeah, and change of scenery mean really needs to mean change of scenery – and if you're going to go to a new city but still play for the same boss that you had previously, the same general manager, it's not really – it's not, it's not a, enough of a refresh for, for the minds, I don't think. He's just got, got to get pick. a new, completely new environment. Boston is an interesting pick. But I feel like they don't want to give up the player they need to. Yeah, they'd have to give up assets for the first time ever. Yeah. That ship so. is – that Boston ship. Which other team? Which other team is an interesting pick for? He, because he wants to go to a contender, so you got to think. I don't feel like Denver is going to trade. Denver is a good, too good of a team; they don't need him. Yeah, he said Milwaukee. He said today that he would be interested in going to Milwaukee, which is interesting. Well, I, most stars no, go no, to no, Milwaukee. They want a cornerstone player. Milwaukee doesn't have a cornerstone player. Milwaukee, they got Giannis. They got the MVP. Well, they're not going to trade Giannis for Harden. That makes no sense. Well, they wouldn't have to. I mean, if I mean Harden is a wall right now at Houston, he's not even reporting to practice. He can he, just he really can. He have to pass his test. Yeah, but he's not, right he's, out, he's out. Like he's he's just not even showing up. He has to pass six tests because because he's been out so much. But he just straight up, he's a wall. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want to play for them. So I think that. Uh, I mean, Milwaukee might not have the assets to give up other than like draft assets, which could be intriguing to Houston if if Giannis leaves. It, uh, would, it would be like the Pelicans-Lakers trade. If Giannis leaves, if Harden leaves, and Milwaukee starts to suck, then future draft picks could be lottery picks. And while it's not that good of a trade, it, it's like if they can't get anything better. It came from Daryl Morris 3, right? They don't give a fuck about draft picks. Well, they don't have more yeah. anymore, but those could be lottery picks. Those but could the, be lottery GM that, the GM that took over came from was his assistant, worked under okay. him. So, like, they don't give a fuck about draft picks. Houston never did. They never they, – they like the Mavs. The Mavs just recently went back to the draft because they suck so bad. Right, but if lottery picks – I mean, I, I'm saying – I agree with you. It's not very likely – but if they don't get any better trade offers out there, that is the something best trade offer they could get is Kyrie Irving to those draft picks. Kyrie Irving for James Harden is a good trade. That would be fun. That would be again, good. I don't see how you don't say so you have Kyrie and John Wall. You have Kyrie, John Wall. If Jamarcus Cousin never got injured, that would have been a good mix. Him, John Wall, and Kyrie Irving. I could have seen that happening. Yeah, Kyrie could actually be more of a shooter. He could play a small two. John Wall could play a big one. And you could surround them with, like, good defense. You'd be fine. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. I mean, it'd be fun for uh, for basketball fans. I wouldn't care about it personally because they, they wouldn't contend for shit. But they'd sell a lot of tickets. They'd light up the scoreboard. And um, that's that's the most Houston can hope for. So uh, that'd be cool. That'd be cool for Houston. Okay. Speaking of John Wall, uh, you want to talk about J.J. Barea real quick? And the reason why yeah, the reason why these two are linked together in my mind, at least recently, is because two years ago in 2018, 
John Wall in, in a press conference to the media was talking about uh, a, a pair of technical fouls that him and J.J. Barea exchanged. And John Wall said, J.J. Barea is just a little midget trying to get mad. I paid him no minds. Uh, John Wall, speaking of J.J. Barea, he retired today. And we'll, we'll have an ode to him in a second. But he, J.J. Barea, Dallas hero, he has a mm-hmm. title. John Wall is nobody's hero, never will be. He is very wealthy, and that's cool. He makes more money in a week than I'll probably ever see, and that's cool. Congratulations for that. But John Wall calling, calling J.J. Barea, who has banged all of the hottest girls in Puerto Rico, has married, like, has married the two hottest women that Puerto Rico has, and Puerto Rico has fucking hot women. Um, fuck you, John Wall. Fuck you. Calling our boy a midget. Well, I don't know. JJ, uh, JJ uh, had a good career though, low key. If you really think about it, for uh, for what he did, he, played, he he was a solid point guard. He, he was called the ball. He was a driver to the basket, which was unique for the guy for a guy his size. He was fearless. So incredible. And we, that, he was a huge component in that title. He was, he was. Into the starting lineup in game three and the heat didn't know what to do. And the reason he, he, he's always been awesome at offense, but he was just yeah. at defense because he's so tiny. But when he was inserted into the starting lineup in game three, the series just completely turned on its head. Uh, I think the reason, uh, the, like the the key, uh, the tactic that Rick Carlisle picked up on was that the Heat were uh, switching very quickly to rotations, mm-hmm. and so once they found out, um, once they found like they found a way to counter that, they were like switching too aggressively, and so the Mavs the Mavs did a lot of ball movement. It also, transition was huge. Transition was huge in that series. Once we were able to get stops, Dirk, Dirk has talked about this. Once we were able to get stops, our transition offense, the Heat could not touch because if we if we had transition with passing, they couldn't touch it. And JJ Barea was so good at running that, and he just mm-hmm. turned that series on its head. It was incredible. It's something John Wall will never do. JJ Barea was mm-hmm. a key contributor to a title team. John Wall makes $40 million a year, which is awesome, but he's, he's never going to have a legacy. So, I mean, some people, I, I, I mean, money is really cool. I don't have, I don't have $40 million. Money's really cool. So I'm not going to rip. I, I don't want to rip too much on John Wall for that, but John Wall got money. JJ Barea has a legacy. He's a local. Never to do with money. It's all about the, what, what, what they, how they, what they do on the basketball court. And John Wall has more potential, more talent. JJ Berry has maximized his potential and talent, and that's it. Great way, yeah. He maximized it. He maximized all five foot ten of his body. Five, 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 six, probably, but it's all right. <laughs> Listed at five ten. I hope he goes to the Pelicans. I think that'd be really. Well, good. He wants to coach, so he's probably going to come push for the Mavs. Yeah. Oh, great quote last year or this year, actually, before the bubble that uh, JJ Barea said was, I remember someone in the media was asking him if he ever played any video games, because a lot of NBA players were obviously in their hotel rooms playing a ton of video games. And JJ Barea said that 
I actually don't really play much video games unless I'm playing with my son. But I actually do play a lot of video games with Luca because he likes to play video games and he's my second son. And that's another huge part of, of JJ's legacy, at least at the end, was he was a great, great mentor to Luca Doncic. Luca has kind of a temper, a big temper. And JJ has what was the older veteran presence to help calm that. And a lot of veteran athletes don't really like that role. It's like Bull Durham, except instead of the minor leagues, it's the major leagues. A lot of veteran athletes, and, and, I, and I feel that, they don't like to mentor young guys because it's a sign that their time is coming to an end and, and they might not get more money next year. But J.J. Barea took on that role and embraced it. And it was a huge, it's going to be a huge help for Luca, for Luca's development, and huge for the Mavs. And that's why um, J.J. Barea actually did sign a contract this year, a one-year, like, $1.5 million something or so contract with the Mavs knowing fully that he was never going to play for them. But Mark Cuban just wanted an excuse to pay him a million and a half dollars. So a uh, classy move by Mark Cuban. I mean, I'm sure it wasn't very expensive for him relatively, but classy. Uh, it would be like as possible. So <laughs> – but what else? What what else? Should we, what else should we dive into today? What interesting topic is going on in the world that we should? Oh, dude, I saw <laughs> I saw this.